0: (laughs) Take it to the bridge.
1: Sing
0: it. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) What's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is WP Water Cooler episode number 152. Today's episode is about improving your WooCommerce store UI. So let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced. We'll be going off at a quarter with Chris. Chris, tell us about yourself.
2: Hey, I'm Chris Lemma, and I blog over at ChrisLemma.com. I also run the San Diego North County WordPress Meetup. Awesome. What about you, Cody? Cody Landefeld,
1: founded Modefact and uh, tweet and blog uh, at Modefact.
3: Awesome. George, what about you? I am George Sifanas. I like building shiny things for a little company called Automatic. Most uh, notably Jetpack and WooCommerce related things. Um, I run the Lancaster, Pennsylvania WordPress Meetup group and we've got a new WordCamp coming in
4: I think late February
3: but yeah
0: nice what about you Suzette
4: hello everybody I'm Suzette Frank and I blog over at Suzette Frank.com, and I'm also a teacher with girl develop it awesome.
3: and she has fabulous pink hair she, she does
4: pink hair
5: yes <laughs> what about you Steve hi I'm Steve Zenget. I'm the founder of Zeek Interactive and I run the OC WordPress meetup
0: awesome We are not meeting tonight. It's Labor Day. We, yeah, yeah, it's Labor Day. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over Jason Tucker on the Twitters, and I blog over wpmedia.pro and jasontucker.us. So today we're going to be talking about UI within uh, WooCommerce and how to make it awesome, right? That's a really specific topic.
4: It (laughs) is. That's what I thought. (laughs)
5: So how do you define WooCommerce? (laughs) According to Wikipedia. No, I'm not (laughs) going to do
1: that
3: today. A lot of the stuff in WooCommerce is just more general e-commerce. What is good to do for UI within WooCommerce is just more general uh, e-commerce store best practices. Um, But then again, WooCommerce is not necessarily a shopping cart powered system. It can do anything from uh, just like, uh, here's your landing page that sells things and you do everything top to bottom on that one page, to yes, full cart systems or membership sites. It's more the backbone and it is whatever you happen to extend it to look like.
5: Okay, so is this, is this um, today's episode about design, UI, programming, what, what are we talking about? Yes.
0: All of
2: it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Right. clears throat> Why is it that every time we get Steve on the show, he asks, "What are we talking about?" Because, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't read the pre-show
5: notes. I don't. Ah, I don't, that's good. I don't uh, what do you call it? Prepare. The pre-show notes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where are
0: those? Practice. It's three. It's three different text messages that I send out to both Steve and Chris and say, "All right, guys, what do you so want what do we to talk, talk about
1: today?" I don't know, bro. What do you want? Dog? But I don't know. Yeah. I'll take the blame. I I, I suggested the topic, so there oh, you go. Oh,
5: it's your fault. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah,
1: I'm, tell I'm, I'm us very SEO minded, you know, because we want to get like an exact search. To come up with this. Okay. So why did you suggest this topic? Are you are you having trouble with something right now? Jason asked me a question. And I felt smart for the second. And then he texted me back, and he's like, "That sounds good. We're running with it." <laughs> Well, wow, this show's off to a great start. I have to tell you, it must be—it must be a holiday or something. You—you you know uh, every
0: what? Monday, you know.
1: I think George had a good lead-in on that, though. <laughs> We're talking about uh, not—it spe- doesn't have to be specific to WooCommerce, but you know, just best practices with e-commerce overall. And I think the—the the thing that gets a little tripped up, we see with every project, is that there's an assumption that the UI is just going to come together perfectly for every e-commerce website we work on and it's not always the case there's definitely different use cases and different uh, things to accomplish because clients are coming through the door with not always just a straightforward you know e-commerce site there's sometimes multiple use cases where they want to sell to a wholesale per you know customer they wanna sell a discounted you know customer type and you know sometimes the UI has to be a little different and all that's tough to track if you know you're not very uh, well versed in doing a lot of WooCommerce or e-commerce development.
5: So I don't want to derail that, but let me tell you what can be misleading. And and none of my clients have ever done this if they're watching the show. Um, <laughs> WooCommerce has its own ecosystem. It's got its own store, right? So if you're dreaming up a feature for your e-commerce system. It's really easy to just go Google or go to the store and find what looks like, you know, an offering for what you're doing. Let's say a wish list. You just plug it in. Just buy the buy the module and plug it in. It's that easy, right?
1: That it always works perfect for me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on, I'm seeing it up here, guys. As with a lot of things, the hardest part isn't adding new features in; it's taking features away. Okay. to yeah. craft the experience and the flow that you want. Like when you're doing a BuddyPress site, uh, BuddyPress out of the box comes with all sorts of different features. 98% of sites that use BuddyPress don't need all of them. So the first thing you need to do is find out what you do need, turn everything else off, and then start reevaluating, and seeing how that suits your needs and where you can grow.
2: And that's, I think that's the core of what happens with uh, WooCommerce UI is that the assumption is that if you are doing a WooCommerce website that whatever theme you picked uh, understood what you were doing when you designed your store, right? And so they just they just give you stuff and uh, sometimes that stuff's not really helpful at all, right? So I, I worked with a client who automatically the theme was putting in the... Uh, related products, right, upsells and cross-sells, but they were putting upsells and cross-sells below the product item on the the featured, uh, you know, on the item detail page, and what she was getting was a lot of cross-linking, right, so people were clicking and clicking and then clicking on related, and not buying anything, right, and you're like, look, just because the UI is there, just because the template gives it to you doesn't mean that for what you're selling that this makes any sense. Now, in her case, we were talking about some uh, fairly industrialized product. And the more people clicked off the main item, the more lost or confused they got, right? And so part of the dynamic was to say, get rid of all the related items below the item detail. But in the checkout, in the cart, right? Uh, other folks have done the research to see a 3% lift in the cart on an upsell, right? So when you get to the, when you get to the cart page, you could, below the cart, offer a single item that was a, a cross-sell that was appropriate for what was in the cart, right? And um, and so that UI had a lot more impact for what she was doing to offer a bundle, like, hey, you're about to leave, but we realize you haven't added these two things. If you'd like to add this bundle, um, we can do that. And, the, and, and she saw a nice uptick from that. So I think part of the dynamic is the people who are designing WooCommerce themes are often trying to do like everybody else who does themes. They try and jam-pack it with 400 different features, in this case, UI for everything. And that doesn't actually mean that's what you want to do. Yeah.
3: I mean, most e-commerce flows that use it as a shopping cart system, uh, you see the typical flow of you go to the catalog page, you view all the products, you find the one you want, you open it up, you add it to your cart, and you go to your cart, and if I go to... Then you click okay, yes this is what I want. Click checkout, fill out the checkout, and then you go. There are other ways to do things, especially if you have like a landing page where you're trying to sell just like two or three items. Um, one of my favorite extensions in WooCommerce is called uh, One Page Checkout. Basically, yep. with the short with a short code and on any page on your site, you can just add sell these three items and then add a checkout form right below it. So one page, no clicking around. Someone follows a link to your site. They get what they need, and they're done.
2: Yeah, and the one the one page checkout is for the right kind of product uh, is a huge UI. And when you add uh, something like Yoast's uh, plugin for WooCommerce SEO, right? So mm-hmm. when you add some stuff that really helps boost some of the SEO on your product page, if you have one, one you know, one page checkout, it means someone does a search on Google gets a link to yours, especially if you add uh, ratings to your product. And if you add the ratings, not only the UI, but you add the semantic notion of ratings on your product, Google will, it's one of the pieces that Google will respect. And so someone does a search, they see a result that has a nice rating on it and they click to it, the good SEO from Yoast, they go straight to your page and guess what? You have a one-page checkout, you're ready to buy it right then and leave, right? Doesn't matter that they didn't click on three pages, doesn't matter they didn't look at the rest of your catalog because you made the transaction easy for them. And when people are looking for something, that's a huge win.
1: Yeah, so you're saying using that in addition to a full catalog site?
2: Yeah, I'm saying you can you can actually uh, for very specific products, um, I, I worked with a I worked with a woman who sold sandpaper, right? Uh, at one point, and the whole website was all this uh, sanding stuff and a lot of international sales. I mean, it was crazy, right? You're like oh, that product got a grade on you. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Um, That's the sound and 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 uh, and what and what was going on, right? Was uh, people were finding her via Google. Right, because people were at, were doing a very very specific search. So even though she has an entire store, right, there may be two or three products that are in high demand that are very specifically being searched for. And when you add Yoast SEO stuff with one page checkout to to specific kind of landing pages that you design, um, and you use the short codes to drop that stuff in, man, you can end up with a lot more sales, uh, even if it's a, a low cost. Uh, play and that puts those people into your email list, right? That puts people into your customer list and you can follow up with them and upsell all day long once they're a customer. Oh yeah, that's great.
4: One question I have is that if you're using WooCommerce, um, since we're talking about user experience, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention something about using different themes with WooCommerce. Has anyone had any problems um, integrating their current theme with WooCommerce, or are there special themes out there just for WooCommerce, or both?
5: Well, I forget what it is, but WooCommerce will tell you if your theme's not compatible with WooCommerce nice. it, there's there's a uh, there's a couple of lines of code that you need to put in place, and I haven't done it in a while, but it'll tell you right in the dashboard what's what's wrong.
2: Nice. Yeah, there are there are several different uh, WooCommerce themes out there, right? Um, and uh, WooThemes obviously has several, and so um, often one of the first things to do is just go take a look there. Um, and then, if you go to uh, ThemeForest, if that's kind of a marketplace you like to hang out in, uh, there is a whole section of WooCommerce related themes that are certified there. Now, again, anytime we're talking about ThemeForest, you can have some really incredible and great developers there uh, Mike McAllister and uh, all the guys from Themify uh, that are great, and you can also have some really horrible uh, products and developers there. So you, what? yeah, I know it's crazy. Sometimes. Say it yeah. isn't so.
4: So <laughs>
2: there's no way. <laughs> so you you gotta do that. But but the thing to note, if you've never if you've never thought about uh, theming and WooCommerce, is that. Um, WooCommerce comes with some some predefined templates uh, in WooCommerce itself that you can then translate into your theme by just moving them over. Um, There's a nice nice way to do some of that, and at the same time, uh, you ought to be using a child theme. I know we've talked about it in earlier shows. You ought to be using a child theme so that you can go in and hack away at the files, right? A lot of times when I'm working on a WooCommerce site, even if someone shows up with an existing theme, I'm, I'll create the child theme, and then I will start taking things away because, like George was saying, sometimes uh, it's just overkill, right? And you're like, no, no, no. Let's just make this really simple, remove some stuff, and and get it clean. Wow,
0: um, that was like I, in episode 22 <laughs> when we talked about
5: child themes. Can you imagine? That's crazy. So let me ask you a specific question about that, though. So when, when you're customizing the WooCommerce experience itself, they tell you to make a copy of whatever page templates you want into your theme and then change those things. What scares me about that is now I've got an iteration, right? I've made that copy. If WooCommerce goes and makes a change to those page templates in a new version, I've got an outdated
2: version. Is that a Uh, problem? They do do that, right? It's not every version. I know. uh, but, But every now and then they will make some adjustments and they will... Uh, They will tell you. Now, here's the thing, right? If you're a customer who got some theme, right, whatever, and then you've never paid attention to any of it ever again, uh, one day WooCommerce changes, you mistakenly click the update without doing any checking, no staging site, no evaluation, and things start falling apart. People do that? Yeah, it turns out most of Say's customers. So, <laughs> she's not even here to defend herself. It, I know. That's but, not but, nice. But last week she told us that one of her own customers called her after. She totally changed DNS, and I'm like, why didn't you just stop your customer? But anyway, <laughs> whole different discussion. Um, so, it's going to so, become GoDaddy Part 2 all of a sudden. No, no. Um, so, so my point is, uh, if you're doing WooCommerce, right, and this is maybe the, the most important thing to understand, you're running a real business. And if you're running a real business, You ought to have a hosting environment that lets you do staging. You ought to have a developer who you can regularly go to to evaluate changes and updates. I mean you're running a business. This is is akin to saying that you want to sign a physical lease to a physical retail store when you're going to run a store but you don't have a lawyer involved in your business and you don't have an accountant involved in your business. You'd be an idiot if you were doing that in real world. Well, if you're doing an online business, it makes sense for you to have an engineer involved somewhere. Right, so so, do it,
5: Jason. Do me a favor. Take that last like thirty seconds of the yeah. show and send it. I'm gonna blast that everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just have the
5: autoplay. Every, website, everybody, everybody that's running
2: a website should should listen to what Chris just said. Well, it's it's just it's silly because we do it in the real world, right? We know if if you were going to spend, if you were going to spend. Uh, Several tens of thousands of dollars to put a billboard ad somewhere, right? You wouldn't just say, like, why don't I open up paint and do it myself, right? You would go, okay, hold on a second. I I better find someone who knows something about billboards. I better find someone who knows legal contracts to review the billboard ad contract I'm signing so it doesn't cost me an arm and a leg, and I better get a designer to make sure that this delivers the value I want. Yet, when it comes to the website, we tell people uh, get any kind of, you know, go get Divi, create your own (laughs) Uh, create your own website. Throw in WooCommerce because it's free, and uh, and you can run an online business. And you're like, no, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that in the real world. You shouldn't do it in the online world. Yeah, makes uh-huh. sense. Agree, 100.
4: Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. I think there is a lot of value in those people that aren't developers that are not even a small business. But I think I'm talking more about hobbyists, though. People that do like. Like those Etsy people, people that do Etsy and PayPal, and they want to have a way to do their own online store.
2: And if you're a hobbyist, if you're a hobbyist, I think those marketplaces like Etsy are perfect for you. Um, I'm not sure that that running a online business where you have to do everything uh, is is the right notion for a hobbyist, right? So. The moment, you know, part of what happens is you get into this dynamic where you're like, oh, you can have your own website. And because we're all capable, we tend to think, oh, just spin up, like, just go to WP Engine, spin up a site, you'll be good. They're like, what's a WP Engine? Right? The, the reality is, when you're asking them to host and become in charge of their own hosting, to install WordPress and be in charge of their own CMS, to install WooCommerce and be in charge of their own store, you've left the realm of hobbyist, right? So, um, at some point, yeah. look, at, look at Shopify, look at Etsy, go do something where you don't have to be in charge of something uh, and and have fun as a hobbyist, right? Get involved with the creative side of your business. But if you're going to actually, and, and people do that in the real world too, right? They do all their little stuff and then they take it to a fair. But the moment you go to rent retail space, physical retail space, you're getting serious. That's no longer a hobby. Yeah. And if you're going to set up a WooCommerce shop, I'd say... This is not hobby time, you're, you're running a business.
4: Yeah, there's definitely some steps you can take to step it up.
2: At the
3: point where you own the database that contains a lot of personal information from anyone that has ever bought from you, at least have some awareness of security best practices. <laughs> what? At, at least. What? What's that? <laughs> oh, don't get me started
4: on
5: that. So, so you mean like like I should just store all my passwords in an Excel file somewhere? And, like, uh, like that kind I think, of best practice.
2: I think that's, I think that's getting highly technical because little <laughs> yellow sticky notes attached to the monitor or in the drawer to the right side is, is maybe the first step. Pencil. Yeah. That's the password. <laughs>
4: um,
5: Go watch war so, games.
2: So getting back getting back to WooCommerce and, and UI for best practices, obviously upsells, cross-sells, these are things that um, are a critical part of the UI experience you ought to think about. One-page checkouts are a critical, dynamic you ought to be thinking about. Uh, there are menuing options you want to think about, right? So uh, a, from a performance perspective, and UI includes performance, there may be a better case for you to actually create category pages rather than uh, trying to create one page that has everything stuffed into it. Um, and so when someone goes to look at your offerings when they click on shop you show just the categories and then when they click on a category you showed the products in that category you're adding a click but from a performance perspective you may be speeding up the entire process this goes to the way uh, the database is working and when you're pulling up data and so you may want to be looking at performance because that is a UI experience right Um, and and it it may or may not be the case that people really are coming in uh, looking for uh, something very, very specific. I mean, I'm, I'm working on a website right now with WooCommerce where we're getting uh, 2,000 or more add-to-cart events per minute. Per minute. Okay? Ding,
0: um, ding, just died right now.
2: <laughs> and, and we're working we're working seamlessly with the uh, craft favorite, We're working with a client, and we're also working with WP Engine, and we're doing a lot to optimize performance. And I can tell you that one of the things we look at is... How do we manage the display of uh, aggregate content as well as, as itemized content so that people get the fastest response time, right? Um, so performance is something you want to be looking at and there, there are a lot of little tricks to think about from that perspective.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great and actually going back to what you were saying before, Chris, you know, when somebody is hiring somebody to design a website, if you're heading into business, essentially. I think it's good to kind of spend a little bit more time to thinking about that customer because, you know, if if you're just opening up a store, you're just opening up a website, you really need to hire somebody to kind of coach you through the process, take you through the process because that instance you just de- described could be, you know, a year or two multiple years down the road but that's after, you know, somebody you know has has learned gotten some data and learned some things about their business so essentially there's there's some you know really good steps to take and really good you know metrics to be gained from just you know getting the website up and running and having somebody help you and we've experienced that with multiple customers where you know they're they're coming back for round 2 round 3 and you know we're building out all those category pages now but it's a year or two down the road after they've already worked with us to help them kind of you know go through that process so yeah. yeah, that's definitely
2: a challenge. Yeah, one of the one of the themes that I like uh, that allows both the developer designer to be involved, but also allows the customer to make UI changes when they when they want to is a free theme uh, initially called Make from Theme Foundry, uh, which gives the the user the ability to kind of you know do some drag and drop on the main parts of the site. Uh, but the pro or the plus, I think it's called Plus. Uh, plugin that they that you can purchase to add to your site uh, integrates with uh, specifically WooCommerce, and so that means uh, you can get a, a better-looking store. You can manipulate some stuff. It ends up being pretty useful, and so uh, even on my T-shirt store, right, uh, coolcooldesignbro.com, my T-shirt store is running Make, right, and uh, it's a it's a nice combination of a theme that can be for, for a designer, for a developer, it can be child-themed and you can manipulate it. You can do all the, what you want, but it still gives that drag-and-drop feature for end-users who want to manipulate something, and it integrates with WooCommerce. check that out. Cool. And you can buy a T-shirt, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> cool story, bro. Yeah,
4: the T-shirts are awesome. I am in
1: the target market for this <laughs> exact
4: store. <laughs>
0: So what are some of the things that that you folks see that people need to have changed immediately that are really small things that either they can do themselves or that they can go and then talk to their developer and say, you know, I heard this on WP Water Cooler, here's the thing I need to have changed. Is it the, the checkout button needs to be green instead of blue? Is it the, you know, the way that the order of things need to be set up? Like, what is it that, in, in UI, that yes. needs to be changed within yes. it? Yes,
5: everyone right now needs to go change the checkout button from green to blue. That's, you heard Only it here on the watercolor first. <laughs> Only because I
0: said so. <laughs> no, it's the it's, cart it.
1: button. Or the, the cart link, you know. I, I think that, depending on the theme, if you're just slapping in a theme, I think a lot of theme developers don't get that right. I mean, it's just something we see a lot that... that uh, that confuses customers. Just when they add something, it's like you get that little modal, or you get that that indication that you've added it. But if I'm two or three clicks in, I have no idea how to get back or know what's been added. Uh,
5: I think people should focus on their mobile experience and their responsive experience. I, I think that's lacking in the uh, in the in the, the stores that I go to still to this day.
1: Yeah, it's incredibly uh, just. It's tough. It's, what is it? Brad Frost tweeted out that, like, mobile customers is going to do exactly what every desktop customer is going to do. You know, it's so we've got to prepare them for that. And you're right, Steve. I mean, e-commerce specifically or any place where I have to fill out a lot of forms, it's still just... Uh, just
5: Crazy. But the mobile experience, especially, you, you can expect those people to be in a lot bigger hurry than somebody that's on a desktop, right? So, so your your experience has to has to be that much more seamless uh, when you're in a responsive state. Yeah. So that's that's where things like the you know one, one page checkout, you know, just just having your your UI down pat so that there's no guesswork, those things become important.
1: Yeah. Now that's an excellent uh, use case for that one page checkout. I'll
2: give you two tips of things you should probably change immediately. Uh, The first is your font size. So, uh, unless your website caters to 16 to 18 year olds, most people, especially those who have money and who can buy things from you, they're older. And when they're older, (laughs) they have a harder time reading your 10 point and 12 point font. Like me. What? What? so <laughs> when you're working with 40 and 50 and 60 year olds make it 16 point font it will look crazy to you if you're 18 or 25 but the rest of us will thank you and will actually read what you have to say and will click on things and we have the money so <laughs> stop, stop catering to your 23 year oh, old poor okay. friend who's still couch surfing right he doesn't have any money to buy anything from your store so number one change font size number two if you're going to have a call to action, and I'm borrowing this, I'm, I'm, I am I'm will generously uh, point you back to copy hackers. Everything you ever want to know about copy hackers or about writing copy, go to copy hackers. Joanna over there is incredible. Um, and all the books and everything else that she uses to educate people. But the call to action ought to be in line with the overall message of what you want people to do. Which means that if your article is about... Uh, you know, reduce your risk by by doing X, Y, Z, and you have an article, and then you have a product right there that you can because you can put products with shortcodes. You can put it in the article, right? To buy it, don't have the button say "Buy Now." Don't have the button say "Add to Cart." Have the button say "Reduce my risk of whatever." Right? Have the matching copy of your call-to-action button match the main message so that people are, and you will see a lift, people are more likely to click the button because it's aligned with the core action. The moment they see the buy now or the add to cart, you trigger all the other kind of pauses, the the policeman on your shoulder that says, are you sure you want to spend money on this, right? Um, So aligning your message will have a much stronger uh, driver to action, a call to action, than if you just have the regular add to cart button, the add to cart text, or the buy text.
3: I would just say the most important thing is reduce the number of clicks someone needs to do to actually buy your product yes. uh, whether Definitely. it's optimizing for that one-page sell sheet or something as simple as have your cart page also have the checkout fields right below it instead of having them click an extra button to proceed to checkout. out yeah. um, reduce the friction well and to
5: add to what Chris was saying about call to action don't hide it right take take it here's how I evaluate a website Look at it on your phone, look at it on your desktop, and take a step back from it. Just just put it at arm's length and say, can I even see where the call to action is? Is it is it obvious? You'll find when you start to look at websites, you'll find that they're hidden. Regularly.
3: If your story isn't responsive, you're throwing away money.
1: Guaranteed. It's, well that's it's it's, it's over fifty percent of your audience now. Every
5: and that's a website what we,
1: across the board. Yeah, that's that's what we catch as consultants too. I mean, you know, if you're starting your store, you're starting your business. If you're hiring somebody like you know to help you, a developer or consultant. I mean, they're likely, hopefully, going to be the one to catch that and recommend that to the client because they're. I mean, they're, they're so. I mean, there's so much psychological. Even that thing that Chris was mentioning with the the copy and the button. I mean, that's a, such a psychological piece. You know, that's so it's so important to optimize and make sure you're, you know, getting the end result you want.
0: That's where like A-B testing and stuff and, comes into play, being able to kind of play with that stuff to figure out what things work best when building it.
5: And a lot of these things, and I'm not, I'm not certainly not trying to insult anybody and any of our friends, but a lot of these things come from hiring a developer who is just a developer. Right? If you're hiring a developer and that's the only person on your team, you're going to get something that might be technically sound, but it may not have any of the stuff that Chris is talking about. So you need to evaluate the team that you hire.
2: Uh, let me let me just hey, Jason, get me that clip. I'm gonna send it out to all my friends. <laughs> um, seriously, uh, when we do when we do uh, um, woocommerce work with clients, I would say that about, uh, 30% of the questions they ask us are technical and, and, uh, and WooCommerce related and 70% of the questions that they ask are business related. We become partners to them to help them think through their business which means there will be a technical consequence to our recommendations but the majority of the time we're talking about business. So if you're hiring a developer just because they say, yeah, I've used WooCommerce and I can do WooCommerce and they don't have any business background, um, run, go the other way.
0: Agreed. That's like the last word, right? Whoa, so look at time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for all of you folks for being on the show today. We're talking about uh, you know, WooCommerce and such. Make sure you go to our website at wpwatercore.com and click on the links there. If you want to listen to us and not actually uh, view us, you can uh, listen to us using iTunes. Alrighty, thank you very much for being on the show. See you all later. Bye-bye. Happy- Labor Day. Is that what you say? Do you
5: say Happy Labor Day?
4: Happy Labor Day. I think it's Mary. don't
5: labor too hard on Labor Day. Uh, uh, Isn't it
1: Merry Labor Day? I,
5: I don't. I don't know. Have a good Labor Day.
4: Remember